Welcome to the Kate Take Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Brown. Each week, I'm going to share with you a tangible tool that you can apply to your mindset or routine so you can stop sitting on your hands and start making moves to make that dream on your heart a reality. This is my take on a no BS, tough love, yet gentle approach on what to do in your daily life. Because at the end of the day, you are the one that's going to find the courage to apply these things and take them into your own life and create your own amazing reality. I need you to buckle up. I need you to get ready to get real, have some fun, swear a little bit along the way, and hear my take each week on how to make your dreams go from a just a dream to a reality. You excited? I know I am. So buckle up and let's go, girl. Here's today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Kate Take Podcast. I am your host, Kate Brown, and I am honored to bring you an amazing guest today. I actually have my family member on today. My cousin, Stephanie Schultz, is our guest here today on the podcast. Hello, Stephanie. Hello, my love. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so special. (laughs) I mean, you're on the pod. I love it. And it hit me like a bolt of lightning one day. I was like, why haven't I had Steph on here yet? Because yes, she's family. And obviously I love my family to death, but Steph and I, you know, I had a big heart to heart when she was just recently home in Minnesota. She'll maybe talk a little bit on this. She now lives in Tampa, Minnesota or Tampa, Minnesota. Wow. (laughs) Tampa, Florida. Yeah, if you could combine the two, that would be great. That's like my dream of like, if I could combine my two favorite places in the world, like that would be it. It could happen. Um, But no, she is a transplant now, been living in Florida. And um, Steph has really overcome a lot of hardships and adversity in her life, specifically dealing with anxiety. And I've, you know, dealt with anxiety throughout the years and a little bit here in postpartum. And it's so common, but it can be so debilitating. Mm -hmm. And um, Steph is really like an anxiety warrior and has really she has been on a journey all and um I think we can learn a lot from her besides the fact that she's beautiful and funny and amazing and all of that too so she is my cousin is well we're like third cousins or something I don't even know our parents are first cousins so that's how we're related (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's confusing, but we share the same DNA. That's all that you need to know. Yes, exactly. I mean, we both think we're pretty awesome. So anyway, with that, Stephanie, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Like, how did you go from small town Minnesota to Tampa, Florida, your journey with kind of anxiety and and life? Let's, Let's hear about you. Oh, well, thank you for that introduction. And again, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, I feel honored and a little bit like, whoop is my story even important? And then, you know, while I was going through my notes and really kind of going through the timetable of my journey the last 10 years, it's like, wow, like I really went through a lot of things here that, you know, somebody might resonate with and hopefully help somebody else. Like, honestly, if I even help one person or one person can connect with me, that's, it's all worth it, you know? So as you mentioned, I do live in Tampa, Florida, the Sunshine State. I've been here now for seven years. Can you believe that? No, I actually can't. (laughs) Um, Yeah, seven years in September this month. So I had a little moment of, okay, I'm getting older. This this is great. (laughs) Um, But I actually grew up in Minnesota in a really small town. Um, But moving to Florida is actually a really pivotal part of my story because that's kind of where my debilitating anxiety began honestly because I moved away from all the familiarity of my life my family thousands of miles away from 
you know, the people that care about me. So when you go through a difficult time away from these people, it's difficult. So Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of that piece. Um, A little bit about me. I work in property management here in downtown Tampa. And just recently, I became a certified spin instructor. And if you don't know what spin is, it's indoor cycling. I've been obsessed with that for a long time. And I finally took the leap and became certified and I get to teach classes on Saturday. It's really fun. Yeah. So, but let's get into the actual meat and potatoes because you didn't come to listen about where I grew up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's go back. Let's take a little journey back to little stuff here in seventh grade, because that's really my first experience with anxiety. Back then, I didn't know that's what it was, Mm -hmm. but it it was my first experience with a panic attack. Um, I remember going to school that day and just feeling a little bit off, nothing that I could really pinpoint, feeling restless, just maybe a little bit dizzy, sick. Um, But by the end of the day, I was sitting in homeroom and getting ready to go home and I had a full blown massive panic attack. And when it's your first panic attack, especially as a kid, you have no idea what's going on. I thought I was dying. I genuinely screamed out for the teacher and said, I literally said help. And the teacher came running and of course she doesn't know my history. She thinks something's seriously wrong with me too. And they ended up calling my mom. My mom got there right away. And it's so funny because mother's instincts, they know their children. And she looked at me and she's like, she's fine. She's having a panic attack. And I'm thinking, what the heck is that even? I've never even heard of it. Um, But that was my first taste of what would be the first of many, many panic attacks in my life. Um, So... From that point, I I wasn't debilitated by my anxiety. I had little one-off experiences here and there. Nothing that I stopped my life. I was so involved in school. I was in three sports and plays. Nothing stopped me. I, you know, lived a very normal life. Um, but I remember little things happening like going to prom, for example, and getting really bad acid reflux, Mm. thinking like, that's so weird. I've gone to prom three times. And every time I go to prom, I have this really bad acid reflux. That's weird. Looking back, it was anxiety, of course. Um, And then there was another time we were flying as a family across the country to see my brother. And I had a panic attack in a plane the uh, stewardess actually had to bring an oxygen tank to me. This is so traumatic, but I was hyperventilating to the point where my hands closed up like concrete blocks. Oh my God. And, and again, I'm like, what is happening to me? I don't know what's going on. Um, but again, they're little one-off situations. I went off to college, had an amazing college experience, had so much fun. I had a little bit of anxiety. It was like a little cloud, you know, over my head, but it didn't stop me again from doing anything. Um, The biggest shift I noticed is when I moved to Florida. So I was dating this guy who his job brought him to Florida. So I decided to go with him. Whenever someone 
moves to Florida and I talk to them, I'm like, why did you come here? It's usually because of a guy or a relationship <laughs> or for a job. So I was that token person who moved to Florida. Yeah. Um, and I was young, so I was 21 when I moved down here. So very much still in a party stage of life, wanting to be free and independent and, you know, coming to my own, starting a new decade of my 20s. And the person that I had moved here with was in a very different stage of his life. And he was more wanting to settle down, um, get married, all these things that freaked me out. And, you know, we ended up breaking up because end of the day, I wanted my independence and just to know that I didn't need to depend on anybody and that maybe I'm going to fall on my ass, but at least I know I don't have to rely on anybody. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that's where things took an interesting turn because here I was all confident. I'm single. This is going to be great. But little did I know that would start kind of a spiral in my life, if I'm being quite honest. Um, so well, can I stop you? Can I ask you a yeah. question quick? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Before we get to that next spot, because, and again, I'm so like, I'm like, oh, it's, it's so relatable, but it's so interesting. Cause it's like, I feel like, um, I've dealt with some anxiety throughout the years too, but I've never had that like physical, like panic attack. Yeah. So it's like, it's interesting even listening to this, how like, you know, there's spectrums of like, you know, you could feel anxious, like maybe just like in your thoughts or your heads or that, but it's like, it's so interesting to me how you had like those physical, like when you would have these, like the, the straight up, like panic attacks, was it something that like built up for a little bit first? Like things were really, really stressing you out or did they always seemingly just like come from like out of nowhere? Yeah, that's a good question for me. It seemed to be coming out of the blue, but yeah. in retrospect and coming from a place now of being healed, it definitely were, it was definitely built up mm -hmm. over time, but I, I wasn't even aware that it was building up because yeah, by the time the panic attack happened, it had, it definitely had been building up for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, everyone's anxiety experience is different. Like I don't want someone listening to this thinking they're different or weird, yeah. not the same as mine. I've heard a lot of different anxiety stories. We're all unique. Mine happened to manifest in physical sensations and feeling sick and things like that, which is why it can be so debilitating because those feelings that I felt were real. When yeah. I felt dizzy, I couldn't breathe. These thoughts of impending doom. Um, I mean, if you haven't had a panic attack, it genuinely feels like you're dying. It really does. And I would have panic attacks in my car. And I remember there was a year I would not get in my car. I didn't drive because getting on to the interstate was just that trigger for me and I would have panic attacks. So, and that's kind of how it works. It's, it's so vicious of a cycle because you become afraid of that thing where you had a panic attack and you want to avoid doing that thing because you think that's what's going to save you from having another one, which is not true at all. I mean, that's how it grabs you in its web takes and, like control completely yeah yeah it is and and then one thing that i want to talk about at the end of this is you know kind of what i did to get through it and one of those things is accepting those sensations and those feelings and understanding that you're not going to die they're not dangerous yes they're scary as heck but 
you know, you're going to be okay. And as long as you don't feed into that fear with your thoughts, um, it's going to pass through you, you know? So, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. You can keep going. I just, I had to ask that question. I just, it's so interesting to me how it all is so different. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, so back to the breakup where it all started. <laughs> um, I ended up going to Europe with some of my college girlfriends and, I think it was a combination of jet lag and being in a new country where no one speaks English. My anxiety absolutely went insane. I remember calling my mom from the most beautiful place on earth. I was in Greece looking out at this crystal blue water. I mean, gorgeous. And I remember just feeling trapped, Mm. trapped in my body, feeling like I needed to escape, but I couldn't because I was on an island in Europe, I can't just quick drive home or call my mom to come get me and the normal crutches that I could use. Um, so I was stuck there. And luckily I had great friends and one of my one of my girlfriends who was there actually deals with anxiety as well and great people to have around me at that time because they were there for me and understood. But let's just say when I got home from that trip, I kissed the freaking ground. I'm like, <laughs> I'm home. Um, and I thought, okay, I'm home now. It'll get better. And unfortunately it didn't because my body had been so sensitized at that point. My nerves were so on edge that my triggers for panic attacks were coming like nonstop. I was having panic attacks all day, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and there did come a point where my mom actually had to take a short leave from work and stay with me because I I couldn't drive. I couldn't even step outside of my house. I'm telling you, like, going to get the mail was, I had to prep myself all day, just to go outside. And I thought if I could walk around the block, that would be an absolute miracle. Because at this point, like I said, I'm in the depths of a very, very bad anxiety spell. Um, So yeah, I've definitely been at some low points in my life with it. And Again, I'm not a doctor giving any medical advice in this, but I, for me, during that first really bad spell, I did go on medication for about a year to help me. And it did, it did help me get out of a really bad place. I think I did need it at that time. Um, But what I really figured out and realized was that the medicine didn't fix the root issue Mm -hmm. because as soon as I got off the medicine, those same issues that I had, resurfaced again and I realized at that point that you know I have to do the hard work that I've been avoiding you know I I can't just take a quick pill and pretend everything's okay I had to actually do the work and that terrified me I did not want to face these demons I no I mean I just didn't want to so um gosh I mean my story is so long I feel like I'm really no, it's so good. Keep going. <laughs> but yeah, again, stop me if you need to at all. Um, so like I said, I got off the medication and I ended up having another really bad anxiety spell. And here I'm thinking I would never have to go through this again, but I did. Um, and this time it was scarier because I thought, holy shit, this is my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm 26, whatever age I was, mid twenties, and should be the prime of my life. And I'm so debilitated right now. This is horrible. Um, and I lived with a couple of girls at this point and 
they're still two of my very best friends to this day. And I remember one morning um, waking up, it was 8 a.m. and I walked downstairs and my roommate at the time was in the kitchen cooking and I literally fell to the ground in just tears. And it's 8 a.m. Mind you, we just woke up. <laughs> and that was the moment where she she even said, oh my gosh, you need help. Like, yeah, because I would wake up in the morning and I never had suicidal thoughts, but I really didn't want to wake up and face a day because I knew as soon as I was awake, I had to deal with all these physical sensations and these terrible thoughts. Um, so that's when I knew I'm like, this is something has got to give here. Um, and like I mentioned, I couldn't drive at points. I had two different jobs at this time and I actually lost one of my jobs due to my anxiety. I mean, they knew what I was going through, but they said, we have to run a business. There were days where I couldn't come into work. I had to come in late. I needed someone to pick me up to bring me to work. And it came to a point where they're like, we just, we have to run a business here. And I remember this is so dramatic, but it was thundering, downpouring rain. And I'm driving in my car, having a panic attack in my car, (laughs) thunder crashing. And I remember driving to my friend's apartment because she knew I had anxiety. And when you have anxiety, you feel safe. If you're around somebody who knows you have anxiety, it's very, it doesn't make sense, but to me it did. So I remember driving to her apartment and just sitting in her parking lot, um, and I, I called my parents and it's going to make me emotional because it's, it's like, okay. whew, this was kind of like the moment that really changed everything for me because it was like, wow, like I feel like this is the lowest part of my life and, you know, I can't even hold on a job. And I remember calling my parents. Oh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I remember calling my parents and just like, bawling to them and just venting to them and how I'm never going to live a normal life and just feeling like my life was over Mm. and how sad at 26, 27 to feel that way. Um, But it was so pivotal because I had an epiphany at that moment because I could either in that moment have decided to roll over and accept it but well this is my life too bad or I could do something and do the work and not accept it as my life and I went with the latter and I said I'm not going to let my anxiety win it's not the easier choice but what other choice do I have it's either this or my life is small and I don't accomplish anything and I have to live this way my rest the rest of my life so yeah, I feel like, like we need to like interject a, a anthem here. I'm like, Steph, oh. ah. and I love it because it's like, like what you said. It's like, and thank you for sharing that because it's so vulnerable, and that's it's it's sometimes hard to go back when you when you have progressed so far. So I know that someone out there is listening to this and they're in that exact spot. And right now, today might be the epiphany for them. Like you have to choose that fork in the road. And I love that you said it's not an easier choice by any means, but staying small, you only, you don't, you know, tomorrow is not guaranteed. And so do you want to live that small life where you let this overtake, or do you want to become like triumphant with it and so how did you start that process and how did it lead you to where you are today yeah I'm so thankful that I don't know what came over me but I'm really thankful I think it's a God thing Mm -hmm. and that is one thing too that I 
appreciate about my journey if it did bring me closer in my relationship to God, because when you feel like you have nothing to hold on to, it almost forces you to connect with God. And even now, when things are going great, you can kind of forget that he helped you through. But um, that's one thing that I do try to remember while things are good and to be thankful and grateful. And every day, like, thank you, Jesus, for getting me through that time. Um, because it is easy when things are going good to forget where you came from. Totally. Um, but what was your question? I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so what, like the next day then and the process, what did it look like then to start to climb out of that and really like claim that epiphany for yourself to start moving forward? Yes. Yeah, so like I said, I lost my job. Um, so the next day I started applying to jobs immediately. And cause that was one thing it's like, I still have to pay my bills. Yep. Nothing is stopping in my life. So we got to figure this out. Um, so I applied to temp jobs, honestly, and got connected with them and started getting little one-off jobs, started working in an office setting, which prior to that I had, and I was a server and I worked in retail. So that was a change, but I wanted some structure in my life. Um, I thought that would help, you know, having that, Routine. I just needed a routine at that point because my life is in shambles. (laughs) (laughs) So I did. I started working and again, it wasn't easy, but what I had to do was, and this is where the work comes in, is you can easily take a pill like a Xanax and it calm you down, Mm -hmm. but you're not working on the root issue. So what I had to do was face those sensations head on. So I would be at work, full-blown anxiety, panic, but sitting through it, allowing myself to not run away. Because when you have anxiety, you always want to escape. You think that leaving the room is going to magically heal you. Like even if I went to a concert or a comedy show and I would have anxiety in the auditorium, I'd want to leave. But what they teach you is that leaving doesn't do anything, but reinforce the anxiety. Because your body inherently wants to protect you. And I think that's what really helped me too, is learning that your body is not your enemy. Your body is just doing what it thinks it's doing to protect you because back in, you know, ancient times, yeah. <laughs> the giant bear was going to come yep. pummel you. Your fight or flight's going to kick in and then to protect you so you can run away, act, whatever you need to do to save your life in that moment. So that's literally what anxiety does. And as soon as I learned that, um, it helped manage like the scariness of it. It's like, no, my body is actually my friend here. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to be afraid. Um, and then also when you are that far into an anxiety hole, your nerves are so sensitized that any little thing can make you not, or I don't know, go into a spiral of an anxiety attack. And then what I learned as well is that it takes time to desensitize. So just as much as yeah. it took years for me to get to this place it's gonna take time to get out of it and not being in a rush and practicing patience and you might have a setback you might have a great month and then you might have a really really bad panic attack and think great all that work i did is for nothing but it's not true at all because your healing journey is not linear um you might have a setback for a, a full year Mm-hmm. Every month you might have one, but um, what I want people to, to know is that 
you're still moving forward. Yeah. You know, if you think of a graph and you know, the lines going up overall, you yeah. might, it might look <laughs> more wavy, <laughs> yeah. but overall it's, it's still going up. Yep. Um, so that really helped me as well. So I guess we can kind of go into my yeah. three tactics that I, you know, laid out so that if yes. taking notes, they can write. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Someone <laughs> out there is. <laughs> I mean, I love taking notes. I listen to podcasts and take notes all the time. So, but <laughs> I would say the first thing that you can do is just educate yourself. As soon as I learned the mechanics of anxiety, why I was feeling the way I was feeling, those symptoms were still just as real as they were before, but I had the thought process behind it and it became way less scary and manageable. So I could sit through the panic attack instead of being thinking, I need to call 911 or I need someone to come over right now because I'm going to pass out or I'm going to stop breathing. All these crazy intrusive thoughts that are just absolutely crazy. Um, So that helped a ton and you can do this by either finding someone who has overcome anxiety themselves i was lucky enough to have someone in my corner who had experienced anxiety my mom actually went through a very similar time in her 20s so she was a great wealth of knowledge for me and honestly without her i i don't know i might still be struggling i i'm just so thankful for her that she was able to helped me so much in the beginning stages of the healing process. Um, But if you don't know anyone personally, there are a lot of free resources available. I learned everything I could about anxiety. I bought every book. I listened to every podcast, YouTube. And it was the years of learning that knowledge. It's stuck in my brain now. I know that information. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they're all free resources. Like You might find an anxiety forum. They're going to charge you a lot of money don't always buy into that because there is so much free resources yeah. out there so yeah. i did that for sure um and i do have some awesome resources that i can share with you yeah I'll link them yep. link them one of them that i actually have with me right now if you could see it it's this book called hope and oh Hope. oh my god i've purse. seen that's been in your purse for like literally seven years you know this <laughs> Literally, this book was written in the 60s. But help and help for your nerves, right? Yeah. By Dr. Claire Week. She is a pioneer in anxiety recovery. This is so ratty. I have highlighted it. I mean, this has gone with me yes. so many places, but it was my Bible when I was going through it because I would highlight parts. And then when I'd be really struggling, I would read that and it would yeah. help. Like, oh, okay. This is a must. <laughs> um you get on Amazon, Barnes yes. and Noble. <laughs> um, so yes, the education piece is so important. Secondly, and I kind of touched on it already, but acceptance, and this is twofold. You need to truly, truly accept the sensations and the scary thoughts and physical symptoms you're feeling because there's something called first fear and second fear. Mm-hmm. First fear is when you have that initial trigger your chest starts to get heavy. You start to feel dizzy. Um, you have a stomach and whatever your anxiety symptom is, it can manifest in literally anything by the way. So no symptoms. Like notice your body almost like, yeah. How do you hold it? Right. And it's different for everybody. So no symptom is too bizarre. Yes. (laughs) I've had a lot, I've had a lot of them. Um, but when you add the second fear, which is your thoughts, 
that's when it can spiral out of control. So like when you start to say in your head, oh, what if, what if I need to go to the emergency room? What if I pass out? What if I crash my car because I'm going to pass out while I'm driving? Those are what feed it in what intensify your symptoms. So just- yeah. It's like feeding the beast. I've said this before on the podcast. I don't remember which episode, but it's like, like the, there's like this old um, native tale of like um, the two wolves in your mind. Like, which one are you going to feed? Like the fear or like the faith? Yeah. And it's like, kind of like, I mean, it kind of reminds me of that. It's like, which one are you going to feed into? Right. But it obviously takes that practice. I'm hearing like, in my mind, I'm thinking like mindfulness of like, what does your body feel like calm in like day to day or when you feel good versus like in those panic attacks. So yeah, I think that's so. No, that's, that's a good analogy. Actually, I never heard of the, the wolves. <laughs> okay. Keep going. This is so good. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Um, so yeah. So being able to decipher what first fear is and what second fear is and the trick with it is because when you become so in intertwined in this sticky web of debilitating anxiety, it's hard to decipher if your symptoms came first or your thoughts came mm. first, you really have to become present and aware and mindful during this time. And that's where it is work. It is not easy. Um, truly, if you truly want to recover from anxiety, it is not going to come in one night, two nights, a year, two years, who knows? Yes. You cannot put a time stamp on when you're going to be better because it's never going to get better then because you're always going to be thinking. Like a not- journey. You're, it's yeah, never exactly. over. So I always say anxiety is a what if disease. And if you can catch yourself with that, um, because you don't want to stay hostage in that future prison, because I mean, I think I've heard this quote that's like 99% of the things that you think are going to happen that are bad never happen. Yes. But you spend your whole life worried about them. Mm-hmm. So that really helped me too. Um, you know, you really got to stay in that present moment because if you're anxious, you're in the future. If you're depressed, you're in the past. Yep. You got to live in that present moment. And I'm still working on that. I think all of us. Yes. Truly. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, I realized my thoughts were actually scarier than what was really even happening in front of me. So that is good. And then again, I already mentioned your anxiety recovery is not linear. Don't expect it to be. It's not going to be. Um, accept where you are. Do not run from the situation. Do not just try to escape your thoughts let them be like a cloud floating across a nice blue sky. <laughs> Just accept it. It's there. Yeah. You know, it's fine. We're okay with the cloud. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my third point, which I did touch on, but I, in case you're writing it down, pl- please remember that your body is your friend at the end of the day. It's not your enemy. Don't fight it. Um, honestly, fight and flight was designed to save your life. That's where it came from. Yes, of course, when it becomes chronic, that's where the issues do develop. But like now that I'm, um, I'm healed and recovered, I have normal anxiety. That's just part of life. It's not like saying, okay, I never have anxiety. (laughs) You're never worried about anything now. (laughs) Um, no, of course, of course. I mean, if I'm walking across the street and a car almost hits me, yes, I'm going to, you yeah. want your fight or flight to work. Yeah. Right. You want that. If it doesn't, then that's an issue. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta get that checked out. That's a whole nother thing. But and yeah, I'll have it'll remind me of like, wow, those were the symptoms I had when I had panic attacks. Heightened breath, chest tight, you know, kind of black out a little bit. 
because it's a scary moment. You almost got hit by a car. Yep. So become friends with yourself. Um, let it be. That's my favorite, favorite term too that helped me is it's, you don't have to fix everything and control everything. Sometimes you can just let it be. And if you're having a rough anxiety day, you can listen to your body. And I do that still. Sometimes I can, I know myself so well now and I can see if it might be building up in me. And I, I take note, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a nice chill day, light a few candles, sip some tea, snuggle my cat. Yep. <laughs> listen to your body's cues because your body at the end of the day is really there to protect you. It, oh, I can't say that enough. Um, so those are my three main tactics to help you. And then I do want to quick touch on like the positives of my experience because yes. I don't want someone to listen to this and think of how scary things are and is it even worth it to go yeah. through this because what's the point? But I would not change one minute second of my story because it made me who I am. I'm so grateful for everything. And someone might look at me like I have three heads and say, you wouldn't take that away. You wouldn't, you know, not experience this traumatic event. No, I wouldn't because I have gained empathy for people. Like now when I see anyone on the street, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, I have no idea what they're going through. If they're rude to me or I don't take anything personally anymore because I know when you're going through a time, you're not always a pleasant person to be around. Yeah. So I'm so empathetic towards people and it may be to a fault because I, I feel everybody's feelings and yes. <laughs> sorry, Bruce is meowing. Bruce and <laughs> um, but I, I still like to be that person. I, I don't see it as a flaw. <laughs> I don't um, and it really catapulted my journey with personal development, which I don't know if I would have that without that. Um, I crave it now. I love to keep getting better every day. And I'm just so grateful to be able to move my body and in not have anxiety around it. And the fact that I can be a spin instructor when I kid you not, I would be in a studio five years ago and I would leave halfway through the class because I had such bad panic attacks in there, wow. the music and the lights and yeah, so much sensations going on. And it was just too much for me back then. And I remember crying and saying, I just want to go to a fitness group class and not feel scared. And to come to this full circle moment where it's like, I'm up there on the stage, you know, feeding into these people who are coming to my classes. And I don't know, just lifting them up and believing in them when they don't believe in them, believe in themselves. It's just so powerful. And I look at every single person in my classes and I genuinely feel joy in my heart because I know it's not always easy to make that move and go work out and do something good for your health. I know it's not easy. And so I tell them every class that I'm so thankful for them and that I'm proud of them because I truly am. I truly am. I don't know what their story is at home and what they're going through and but I know that they made that choice to come out and do something good for themselves. So I, I'm truly so, so, so grateful for that. Um, and I really do believe that now I can conquer anything. I went through something that is so difficult to come out the other end and I can take those tools that I curated and just 
I don't know, I use these tools and now I can apply them to any situation in my life. And that is so important too. So if you are someone who is in the midst of a struggle right now, I just want to know, like tell you like you are not alone and there is a light at the end of the tunnel, even though you might not be able to see it, there is. And if you can just hold on and be patient and every day do something to propel you a little bit, little bit forward, it's going to add up over time. It's that compound effect. One day you're going to wake up and you're going to see all of that effort and the time that you put into yourself and it's going to show off. And yeah, I just, I just. Oh, Steph. That is that I'm so proud of you. I'm like, I'm like, I just, I'm so proud of you. It's like, I think of who you were seven years ago when you left for 10 or even, well, you know, us, really getting close in our early twenties yeah. now. I mean, let's be real. We live very different lives now. Thank God. Right. Um, but I'm so proud of you. And I know that someone is listening to this who needs that. And I think the biggest thing is to know, like Steph is like your friend in this, like yeah. if she has gotten through it, you guys, you can get through it too. And if you're in, you know, you're listening to this and it's maybe you're in a postpartum anxiety. You know, there's a lot of listeners on here who are, who are, you know, in that phase of life. It's like, or, you know, or whatever, a new job or transition. It's like, you can get through it and get help. Right. Like, and like Steph said, maybe you can't afford a therapist. Maybe you can't go, you know, you don't have insurance or something, but use those free resources that are at your disposal too. I just think that's so powerful and, you know, find that friend. And really, I just think like draw some of Steph's strength and take that in and yeah, I'm just so proud of you, Steph. I just appreciate you sharing all of that. And I'll make sure to link those books and the resources on the, the, um, the notes here, but, um, I can't wait to see what like the next, like the next seven years of your life look like with coming this far already and just being on this journey still. So yeah. Are there any final parting words or anything else that you'd like to end with Steph? Yes. Um, a couple of things would be, especially mental illness, anxiety, depression, whatever that mental illness is to you, remember that people are usually fighting a silent battle. Mm -hmm. Nobody would look at me and think I was going through what I was going through. I mean, and and another thing too is social media doesn't always tell the full picture because I remember posting pictures at that time and you know. I like remember your photos from Greece. It's like if no one knew that you hadn't had a panic attack, everyone would be like, oh, look at Steph. She's in Greece. Like, I'm in Italy and Greece and just gallivanting around Europe, but nobody knew what was really going on. Um, So I would say don't forget and have grace for people and empathy. You have no clue what's going on behind closed doors. And honestly, the teeniest things pulled me through. If someone smiled at me, waved Mm -hmm. at me, um, I had a, a manager who I, I had to fill her in because of course not coming to work sometimes. And she put together this little care box for me. It was a yellow care box and everything in it was yellow with flowers and candles And that, that kind of thing meant so much to me. So a remember everyone's fighting a silent battle. Don't forget that. Be kind. Your words matter your actions matter if you don't think they matter they do um it could change someone's complete trajectory of their day their life their year you have no idea the impact that you can make and honestly like that is my biggest goal in life is to just spread kindness it's so cheesy but i am freaking kind to everybody i come in in contact with (laughs) (laughs) like i just know how important it is so 
Yes, that for sure. And then also the last piece I would say is don't fight that battle alone. You know, you you want to be tough. You want to pretend like everything's hunky-dory, post a picture that makes everyone think your life is fabulous. You know, come down a step here and realize it is okay that you're not okay. You're not going to be not okay forever, but mm-hmm. you don't need to tell everybody your story, but you need to tell somebody. Yes. So whoever that is to you, you know, you are not meant to face these battles alone. Like life is made for community and friendship and relationships. And these people who love you want to be there for you. Um, they might not know how to help you, especially with anxiety. A lot of people didn't know how to help me, but I just said, just be there for me. Like I, I used to have friends who would literally just drive over at night and just sit with me on the couch. And that's all I needed at that time. Like they didn't know how to fix my anxiety, but they were um, there for me in those ways. So any little way you can show up for show show up for the people in your life, I would definitely say to do that. Mm. Oh, I love it. I love it yeah. so much. Oh, Steph, thank you for everything. Um, where can people follow you on social media? Yes. So you can find me. Um, it's just my name, super basic, but it's Steph.Karina.Schultz. So if we'll link it. You can link it. Um, I try to post happy, positive, inspiring stuff. If you're in the Tampa area, oh my gosh, come to one of my classes. Yeah, yeah where, if, if someone is listening to this in the Tampa area, where, where can they catch a spin class? Yes, come to Soho Cycling. It's a cute local boutique studio here in South Tampa. I teach every Saturday Saturday at 11.15. So I'd love to see you. Um, and if you're someone struggling with anxiety and just need to reach out to someone who knows where you are and someone who's been there, my messages are open. Feel free. I don't care if I don't know who you are. I know what it's like to be in that spot. So definitely message me. Mm, I love it. I think someone, I think someone's going to have their, their moment from this today, Stephanie. I, I truly do. So thank you for sharing all of that. And I can't wait till I see you again. Zach and I are planning a trip to come visit you and get on the spin bike and see you. And I'm just yes. so proud of you. And I'm so glad you're my family. And um, I just love you. So thanks for joining. I love today. you. Thank you for having me. I hope and, that. And I'm really proud of us because you guys, before we started recording this, we were both <laughs> like, we got to tone down the weird because. Yeah. Stephanie and I bring out the weird uh, side of each other. <laughs> it's really hard to not be weird around you, but it, this is like a serious topic. So I, yes, we kept I it held it together. Professional. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Go blow stuff up on social media. Tag her. If you listen to this, we'll link her resources in the show notes of this podcast. And if you're going through a similar battle, just know we believe in you and you can get through this. And we will see you next week on the Kate Take. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye.